Welcome to the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. I'm Amanda Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Dr. Sheila. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're so very welcome. So tell me, how did you get started and what you're doing now? So what I do now, and I'll back up. This is not going to be a long story, Amanda. I'll tell you that. But I started out, I am a, a physical therapist. So I'm a doctor of physical therapy, hence the Dr. Sheila. I have a doctorate in physical therapy. So from there, um, working in clinics, uh, I started to specialize. And what my specialties became were uh, women's pelvic health and then um, lymphedema and oncology. So I've done a lot of work um, with especially women's pelvic health because that was a really big need at the time that I started doing it, which was probably about 12 years ago. There weren't that many of us. Um, and from there, I have transitioned from doing um, pelvic physical therapy in the clinic to doing pelvic health coaching or just health coaching. I'm an ACE certified health coach. So I do health coaching to help women reduce and eliminate bladder leaks. So that is what I do now. That's interesting. Do you, how many people would like deal with like pelvic pain, do you think? So pelvic pain, oh, there's a lot. So, and let me, uh, I'll back up a minute because I think I should probably explain what pelvic health physical therapy is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would let me do that first. So pelvic health physical therapy, what we do is we treat um, anything, of course, in the pelvic region, but also we do abdominal region too. So let me give you some examples of some of the things that I've treated, some of the things that we treat. So we can treat uh, pelvic pain. Yes, can you can have pelvic pain for many, many reasons. There are many reasons. And we help to, um, once your doctor helps to diagnose what that is, and we can work with you to try to solve it for you. We work with incontinence, that is women who have uh, bladder leaks, which is the part that I focused on because to me, it um, you can do that on a tele, uh, a tele type of program as opposed to having to actually touch and feel. Um, abdominal pain, so um, many, many people have scars um, from abdominal surgeries. And that what that does is that sometimes is restricting uh, so it can restrict uh, sometimes uh, uh, your organs from functioning properly. It, it can restrict uh, just the natural movement of uh, fluid and whatever in your body. So we work with that. Um, and this is a long list. So uh, in pregnancies, women have, some women have issues post-pregnancy, especially mm -hmm. if you've had a difficult pregnancy and a difficult labor and delivery. Um, you know, sometimes you have to push really hard, you, you know, the child won't come out, et cetera, et cetera. So there can be residual pain. There can be uh, residual scarring from that, that we can help to um, reduce uh, pain during sexual intercourse. That is more common than you think. So we actually work with women to help them uh, to reduce and eliminate that. Uh, constipation. Constipation is a big yeah. yeah, constipation. And also then there's also the varied um, 
extra things that we do. So because I did oncology too, so I would work with women following, uh, say, radiation from uterine cancer or that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. as you can see, I always tell people, so if you think of anything that can go awry uh, in the area between your belly button and the middle of your thighs, um, hello, you need a uh, pelvic health therapist because that's kind of what we do. It's very broad, very broad. So I gave the explanation. So now you tell me again, what was your question? Because you had a question related to that, but then I backed up to explain what we do. Um. I can't remember the question. Oh, I love it that you can't remember. See that then, yeah, just like me, because I can't remember either. But I, <laughs> so that's just great. But yeah, so hopefully that yeah. kind of answers something for the audience. Yeah. So how does the health coaching like go into it? Right. Yeah. So I don't do any more work in um, the clinic because I transitioned from actually physically being in the clinic to doing it. And I only do a signature program, which is for bladder leaks. So um, coaching, you, you, it's not physical therapy. Right. So I can't say it's physical therapy while, you know, while I'm doing this particular program. And it's really a coaching program that I um, help women. I do a lot of education. The program has a lot of education. Um, and it's also a one-on-one -on -one component so that we can begin to figure out what's going on together, we figure it out, what's going on with you, what can be done, what do you need to do to uh, reduce and eliminate your symptoms? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you find it's mostly women that are dealing with bladder issues or is it men or is it a mix? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, bladder issues affect men and women. However, about three quarters of the people who are affected are women. And that's from a multitude of reasons. You know, of course, our anatomy is very different. Right. We do have children. We do um, have, um, and when you have your children, depending on how many you have, there usually is a change in your body from that, of course. You know, you have this human growing in and coming out. So uh, there's a change in your body. Um, and also we have a more hormonal fluctuations. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and also uh, aging and menopause. So estrogen, you know, actually helps mm. us to, you know, maintain muscle mass. And there's a lot of good things that estrogen does, but uh, once it has run its course, which is, you know, uh, after you can have children, whatever, right. and uh, it's time it leaves. And once it leaves, sometimes it, um, uh, changes the dynamics of muscle tissue and we can work um, to help you to mitigate that. Do you find people are dealing with pelvic pain for a long time before they get some answers? So pelvic pain, no, because um, when you have pelvic pain, you are seeking answers for that. So yeah. pelvic pain, not so much. Now, what might take longest is to find out why you're having the pelvic pain. Oh, okay. And I have to say that um, for us and for me, particularly, I'll talk about me and some of my colleagues, we would get uh, patients, clients with pelvic pain that they really, the doctor really didn't know why. 
Mm -hmm. but they would send them to us because, you know, we could probably still work on just a hodgepodge of everything because that's what you really do. You know, you have pain. Well, let's trace this nerve up here. Let's trace this muscle here. Let's, you know, look at you orthopedically. And, um, you know, if there's anything that we can change and to change that dynamic. But when you talk about um, incontinence, now the funny thing about incontinence, and that's bladder leaks um, more commonly, it's known as bladder leaks, is people with incontinence, now they will wait, especially if um, they haven't had the uh, public accident. Like they will wait and put on a pad, a a menstrual pad, a whatever. You know, because you can kind of um, mask those symptoms and people don't have to know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and some people actually think that it is a natural aging um, process or a natural aging condition. And it mm-hmm. actually is not. Uh, not everyone okay. has bladder leaks, but a good number of people, you, you know, statistics are... Um, uh, they, they're not as accurate as they could be because people don't want to say, you know, it's not you're going to check. I leak when I cough and sneeze. Let me put that check right here and I'm proud of it. So right. you don't quite do it like that. Um, so, but up to 30, sometimes 40% of women have bladder leaks at some time in their life. And men have it mostly because prostate issues. Okay. Um, not, yeah, not, not so much. It's usually something um, that is uh, precipitous to that, or if they've had um, maybe bedwetting issues as children and it just didn't resolve. Um, like if people are thinking they have it, should they be looking for certain like symptoms or what? So if you think you have, now here's a <laughs> The funny thing about bladder leaks that I have found in my years is that even if I had someone that came in for pelvic pain, and yeah. when people come in for pelvic pain, you know, you do the eval um, because you're looking at everything. You try right. to figure out what is going on with this person. What's the history? What's going on? And some of the uh, some of the parts of the eval have to do with bladder leaks. Now they will check that they uh, leak a few drops when they cough and sneeze. They'll check that they um, leak when they're pulling down their pants to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll check different things like that, leak when they exercise. And then you'll say to them, oh, and I see you have a little bit of bladder leaks. No, I don't. I said, but you you know, you checked it right here. It says, it says that you have, yeah, but that's not really a bladder leak. No, no, that's not really, (laughs) that's just like a little bit that comes out when I, um, you know, cough and sneeze from doing something. But that is bladder leakage. <laughs> I mean, that, that is what it is. You just, that's the beginning. So you can wait, because it's not, it, you know, in some people, it can take years before you get to the point where either you have the accident in public or you can't sit through a movie, you know, you're getting up to run to the bathroom or, you know, like you're just uncomfortable. It takes right. some, but you really want to catch it in the beginning, you know, before um, these issues really pop up. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you really want to, um, you know, stay uh, relatively active. I know your population is fibromyalgia, people with fibromyalgia. 
Yes. And, um, and I, I, you know, I have treated people with fibromyalgia. I know that it, um, it can be pretty debilitating and very um, tiring, put it that way, uh, because I saw a lot of people with fatigue and just not really wanting to move and, right. you know, painful joints, et cetera. But you do still have to keep pushing and fighting through that. Because yeah. of course, when you stop moving and your um, body starts to slow down, that's where you can have problems in so many different areas, um, you know, that I, that could be avoided with movement. So that that's my little tidbit for you all who um, in the audience who have fibromyalgia is, you know, even if you need help, um, help outside, you know, like I said, as a physical therapist. Yeah. I did it, you know, I did rehab um, because you feel so much better once you get past the initial um, uh, getting into the rhythm of doing movement and doing exercise. And you can't do it too quickly either because if, you, if you're gung-ho and you're like, okay, well, you know, I know I have to do this and I'm going to get going because this is what X said, Dr. whoever you name you want to put in there. Right. It doesn't go like that. It's no. actually... Or progressive. And I don't know if you've had, um, uh, you know, people tell you or you've had experience with people um, talking about that, but you really have to take it um, slow and just keep moving the notch forward. I, I, yeah, I always tell people whatever you're doing, if it's exercise or food wise, you really have to take it slow or you're just going to not want to do it after a week or two. You're just going to want to quit. And then the next time you do it, it's just going to be as hard or maybe even harder too. Yeah. Or you might not even do it. Yeah. Because that's usually <laughs> what you run into. Now, yeah, you hit the, yeah, I didn't want to say that, but you said it. But yeah, that's usually what you hit is like, I, I don't feel good. This is not good for me. I'm not going to do it anymore. No. And I think whatever your health challenge is, you're, you got to start slowly. And if you're doing movement, then you have to start slowly because your body's not used to that. And you might be a little sore and stuff. Yeah. You may be a lot sore depending. And if you just push your body to the brink, then that's not good either. Yeah. And that doesn't, um, you know, when I talk to, um, i talk to groups of, of, of fibromyalgia women who have fibromyalgia because it's mostly women that I speak to that and um you know we discussed really how you it, yes it's chronic but you have to look at it as um I'm not going to let this go defeat me and that is and you can look at this as um any other chronic even low back pain right you know, even that, that they have to start slowly. Anything that you start out and um, you're either deconditioned for whatever reason, or you have fatigue, which fatigue is so debilitating. Right. But if you have fatigue that is just unrelenting, you still, you have to move and it will get better. You just have to get past that initial and not initial two weeks, initial eight you know it usually takes six weeks for the body to say 
okay, I guess I'm going to do this because, you know, this girl is not going to stop. So let me just get together and, you know, get going. But um, yeah, so, you know, at least six weeks, uh, you know, and do it at your comfort level and, you know, where you think your body is, is able to move, but you don't have residual pain and effects that, uh, you know, stop you from doing other things. Yeah, I like how you said it takes like six to eight weeks because I think after like the first two weeks, we're like done. Mm-hmm. And especially if it doesn't feel good. Yeah, and especially if you're a beginner and you d- you're just starting off with exercise or you're just, you haven't exercised in like years or decades, then. I mean, yeah. And, and it doesn't make any difference whether you have any chronic illness or any chronic right. condition and, and chronic, I'm not saying chronic as in chronic because chronic does have a negative connotation, chronic, just, you know, just longstanding, any longstanding condition that you do have to, you know, it's almost like, you know, I, I just got to keep going. You just have to really um, push yourself just a little bit because it does get better and it really does get better. That's, that's the thing. People, um, don't get that, uh, exercise helps fatigue because it seems counter, counter, uh, intuitive, you know, it's like, well, no sleep (laughs) and sitting help fatigue. No, it does not. It doesn't. You have to get up and start moving. And the more you move, the more you can move and do. Exactly. And I think people should know just because, I mean, I mean, it's like we all struggle with like exercise. It's not just, it's not just because we're in the health field. It doesn't mean that we're always like, oh, I'm going to exercise today. Oh gosh, yes, you're absolutely correct. I'm in the health field. I uh, am a Pilates instructor. I'm a group exercise instructor. So I taught Zumba. So I'm one of those that I've taught <laughs> for 20 years. But right. when the pandemic came, I actually, of course, everything was closed. Yeah. And um, I fell off the wagon with exercises. I'm still kind of, I'm still really getting back in. So I got deconditioned. Right. And a year and a half. Oh, almost well it, no it's not almost two years it just seems like it but and it, <laughs> it feels like almost two yeah it seems like it's almost <laughs> two like it forever whatever but um well two summers worth i put yeah. it that way <laughs> year and a half i say always yeah yes yeah so i've gotten uh, i have gotten deconditioned um over time because i you know i'm just starting to get back into it and I'm like, uh, do I have to? Why? What is the, you know, <laughs> I know the benefit is there. I right. know I have to just do like I'm t- I tell everyone else um, to just try to get a regimen and try to stick with it. And do stuff. Yeah. I mean, I moved and I didn't work out and stuff. And now I'm s- six weeks, seven weeks back into it. But I mean, it takes time. And some days I'm like, I don't really want to, but I know it's good for me. Right. You feel yeah. good after you do it. It's just going to do it because, you know, we can always find something else to do. Right. 
And then, and then after a while, it's too late in the day. Oh, it's too late in the day. Oh my goodness. No, I can't exercise now because I'll be up all night. <laughs> well, that's why I do mine right I, as soon as I get up because I'm like, I want to get it done. Yeah. And that's a habit. When I was exercising regularly, that is actually what I did. I did it in the morning, but um, I'm not one because of the pain. I'm going to blame everything on the pandemic, just so you listeners know, because that's just convenient for me. But um, I don't get up as early as I used to. Right. I really used to get, you know, I used to be very regimented, you know, wake up and wake up naturally. I still wake up now naturally, (laughs) but I turn back over and over. But um, so my mornings are um, not as open as they were because, you know, sometimes you at 9 30 or 10 o'clock, you do have something that you actually have to do on your calendar. So if you're rolling out of your bed at 8 30, well, you don't have a lot of time. So uh, I try, I really, really, really um, try to get up and not have early, early morning appointments too. You know, I'll stack stuff later in the day because it's okay. You know, I can right. get appointments six o'clock, whatever, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think we, I think people just need to start with that first baby step with the exercise. Yeah. And simple exercises. Right. Just, and pick something that you like because if exactly. you don't it's going to be a chore and who want nobody wants to do chores no yeah. do you find do you find most people that have pelvic i mean have issues and stuff with bladder leaks are they not working out well no i can't say that because some women have bladder leaks with exercise Oh, like okay. exercising and they have bladder leaks. So they, um, you know, when you're lifting weights, um, yeah. when you're running, um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, I can't say that because the reasons for bladder leaks are so open um, that we have to kind of figure out why this is going on. Um, or it, and, or if there is a reason there, the reason just could be general deconditioning. It could be that your muscles are weak which is one of the main reasons actually is that you have just pelvic floor muscle weakness because people don't um, really understand how to properly exercise those muscles and don't do it on a regular basis. And those muscles, yeah, they're the, they're the same as if you don't do, say, for example, if you don't do bicep curls for uh, 20 years, right. There's the same thing. And how many people do good pelvic floor exercises on a regular basis? Probably not that many. No, only if you've had a problem, you'll do it and you'll still slip off. Cause even those people, you know, even when you go to, if you go to therapy for, I don't know, a broken wrist or whatever, you'll do the exercises until you get better. Yeah. And then you <laughs> stop. Anymore. Yeah, even though your hand will stiffen up when the weather's bad or whatever, and you know you're supposed to do them, you'll pull them out if you have pain or you're like, wait a minute, how come my fingers are not moving the way it should? You'll pull them back out. But we we give you the exercises with the instruction of keep these exercises in mind. You might have to do them throughout your life, depending on what you're, you know, what you have gotten the exercises for. Is it? Is it older people who struggle with this or is it like a wide range of ages? Oh, it's a wide range. I think the youngest person I've had was 
Um, I had a 15 year old, but there are pediatric people, pediatric uh, children or children who are young <laughs> who struggle with this, but I never did pediatrics because I had the um, uh, choice of not doing it. Uh, yeah. and I, 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 that's not really my forte is working with children. Right. I can do it, but I don't like it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I generally, and that's for anything I didn't do, I didn't do it for, um, and this is after I had spent, I did do years of, uh, in the school system with children, but you, it's not so much the children. I hate to say it. It's the parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of, (laughs) that kind of, um, stopped me from doing it as, uh, because it doesn't become as pleasurable right Um, yeah yeah so I didn't do any peds but there were people in the clinic who did peds so it can happen at any age it could happen at any time um it uh, it happens more as you hit that uh perimenopause menopausal um, number but perimenopause can start as early as early 40s Okay. So, yeah, still pretty young. Yeah, that's young. Mm-hmm. I would call that young. Yeah, per- yeah, right. Yeah, so perimenopause. Yeah, so that's when that those uh, you know the estrogen starts waning. You start noticing uh, different um, changes in your body. So it could happen at that time. I've had women who you know were in their twenties who had children, uh, had a child and had residual leakage for up uh, for a year after. So they, so they came to see me. Right. Yeah. So it can, it can really happen throughout the continuum of life. Um, And that's men and women. Um, And you just have to seek treatment and not wait too late. The average time of wait is five years. Don't wait five years. Like get in there. It can be helpful. Get in there, get it done. And that's it. Is it an embarrassment? Is that why people usually wait five years? It's yeah, it's it's an embarrassment. It's a uh, not um, for some people. It's not urgent, right? Uh, because yeah. you know they have um, uh, I don't know what the brand is, which but they have the the um, underwear now that are leak proof. I think leak. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 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 they have um, that you just put on. You see the commercials, at least we see them a lot. They're yeah. On and then they put their jeans on on top of it. And, you know, they're strutting because they, you know, if they have a leak, it's okay because you got on your leak proof underwear. So um, that's kind of easier than um, taking the money and going to PT and, you know, doing your exercises and paying your copay. And, you right. know, especially if you're still working, you have young children, you're busy. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I had picked this to do as an um, online program, because the issue can be solved. But if you need uh, less structure of time to be able to do it, then, right. you know, that's available. And everybody's doing online now. <laughs> Everybody is doing online. Yeah, we do. I mean, there are people that are going into the doctor, they're going into therapy, yeah. um, you know, but for coaching programs, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of coaching type things and getting answers to a lot of their issues online now. 
and, and through programs. You know, there's, there's really a program almost for everything if you search hard enough. Uh, I totally agree. <laughs> there is. Yeah, yeah. You, you just have to find the program and educate yourself. And, and yeah. a lot of times it doesn't take that much time, I think. I feel like people think it, it's going to take a lot of time. It's not. You just have yeah. to find the time. Right. You do have to find the time. And all of us do have, you know, that 20 minutes in the schedule or most people, I can't say everybody because some people might not, you know, some people's life is um, pretty hectic. But those are the people that really probably need to take that 20 minutes for themselves and, you know, do something that will help their bodies to heal. Yeah, I think a lot of times in this past year, I think we should have realized that we need to slow down and take more time for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I've heard that I, because there's this, you know, the statistic on how many people want to quit their jobs now because people have realized that they, you know, going out and spending an hour on the road trying to get to work and then coming back, right. blah, blah, blah. You know, you're like, wait a minute. Uh, it does not have to be like that. Life does not have to be that hectic. And some people say this. I mean, some people are like, can I please get out of my house and go back to work? But there is a big, I was just reading an article about uh, people who were wanting to quit their job. Is that this, that's the thing now. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of people are, are like traveling in RVs and stuff too. A lot of people on Facebook are saying, oh, I'm taking my young kids and uh, I'm traveling across the U.S. So mm -hmm. it's probably happening in the other places in the world, too, if you're not locked down. Yeah. And you can. Um, yeah. And for here, I and I know people would be traveling. If I really like that, I probably would do that, too, because I would love to do the national parks. But um no, but I, yeah, so I, I can see why people would do that. I can see why they do it, but I'd be tired of it after like a day or two. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, no. Yeah. And I, yeah. And probably if I did it and I wasn't the mom, I would probably like it, but it, you know, I, I have children. So as a mom, you know, you get the dreaded what's for dinner, what's for lunch, what's for breakfast, right. what are we doing now? So I don't know if it would be that much fun, but uh, I would I would really like to see the national parks. Yeah, as, as a lot of people do, because I understand they're crowded. <laughs> they're crowded right now. Well, I would too. That would be great. And I think it's, I think people are just craving getting out in nature. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's been so hot. I don't know, um, you know, I'm at Northeast. And it's been really, really hot here. So you can't even go outside, you know, like you've had done in previous summers. You really have to stay inside. It's really hot. Um, uh, I'm 97 today. So. Oh, you're 90. Oh, so, yep. You're, did you have cicadas? Mm, no. I'm in Austin, Texas. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had, yeah, we had the 17-year uh, cicada thing, too. So that was June and July. So, yeah, the summer was just a bust. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I just moved here. So I don't know. They just keep telling me this is a cooler summer, a lot more rain. They're telling me than usual. 
and stuff. So I'm like, okay. Mm. Usually okay. it's like around a hundred degrees. They usually say, mm. but we're in August. So I'm mm. like, well, mm -hmm. right, 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 right. But uh, let me see. I'm trying to figure out if there's anything I missed telling you about um, pelvic health. I think, um, do you have any questions you think that your audience might have about um, what we what, do? Like what would be their first step that they should do? So the first step would be to go to your gynecologist or your, um, actually your internist, whichever, because some internists will even refer. Um, and then there are a lot of states that you don't even need a referral from a doctor. You can just go to your physical therapist and um, get an eval. But if you have um, problems with leaking during your cough, sneeze, um, exercising, you can either go to a, a clinic, you can look up someone like me. So uh, you can go, my website is uh, right here under with my name. Uh, thepelviccoach.com. So you can also go to my website, check out what I do. I do strictly though bladder leaks. So say for example, you um, have issues with uh, pain with intercourse or um, abdominal pain. That's when you would seek out um, after you've seen your doctor to see if maybe there's a cause, you would seek out um, your physical therapist. Um, yeah, those are the most of the two people would be your physical therapist, your gynecologist, your urogynecologist. So your urogynecologist is someone who even specializes even more. And uh, they would help you to diagnose, say, prolapse, um, specific bladder problems, um, that kind of thing. Because they do more, you know, gynecology and urology together, hence the bladders um, and uh, prolapse issues. So yeah, those are the three people that you probably would want to seek out. If you're a male, you would go strictly to urologist, of course, because you don't need the gynecological part. Okay, that's, yeah, that's very helpful. And I'll put all your links in the show notes. Thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Oh, you are quite welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And I hope that that helped to explain uh, to your audience a little bit more about what, um, pelvic therapy does what my program health coaching does for bladder leaks. Thank you.